0: Let's talk weather.
1: Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon.
0: And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma.
1: Bonnie, it has been a very fun and interesting week weather-wise. We will get to Hurricane Zeta, which should have been the big story. However, because this podcast is controlled by you and I, we're going to (laughs) talk about the Oklahoma City ice storm of 2020.
0: Yes, um... I don't even know where to begin other than this is the earliest ice storm ever.
1: Okay. Well, that's a, that's a great place to start.
0: (laughs) And it was particularly bad because all the leaves still had, or all the trees still had leaves. So that was just more surface area for ice to accumulate on. But it's crazy because when we taped on Sunday, last Sunday, We were in a winter storm watch, and then around 8 a.m., 9 a.m. Monday morning, that was quickly changed to an ice storm warning, and I had a doctor's appointment that morning at 8, and it's pouring down rain, it's thundering and lightning, it's freezing cold, it's not quite freezing yet, but it is pouring down rain, and it just starts to freeze throughout the day, into Tuesday, Wednesday, it's finally above freezing, but, I mean, it, I, It's crazy. I don't even know how to describe it.
1: All right. So let's break this down because when you and I had talked on Monday as this event is starting to unfold, you're like, you know, they're really saying. And again, National Weather Service in Norman, Oklahoma said this and all the TV guys and TV gals were saying this. well. Tuesday will be the worst day. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, you guys are already getting accumulating snow and ice. Up in the panhandle of Oklahoma, it's rapidly moving toward Oklahoma City. This thing is not slowing down. There's no way in the world that, you know, maybe the worst will be on Tuesday. But you're going to be into this Monday afternoon at the absolute latest right now. So, yes. You know, in watching the progression, it was, it was pretty intense. And, you know, you talked about the thunderstorms. Also, a lot of training. So when we go back and we'll look and we'll talk about the ice totals here in a minute. It's not surprising that these numbers were as high as they were.
0: No, it further West is even worse. Like you said, we'll talk about totals in a minute, but I mean around here and I've got a lot of pictures just from my own backyard, but I mean, everything had a solid thick layer of ice on it. Everything I have, um, something I can post. I have a picture of my chain link fence Tuesday morning. With a layer of ice and then I have a picture of it later on in the afternoon and it was about three times as big of a layer of ice around the chain link fence so it did not take long for heavy ice to start accumulating here in the city and like I said further west had it 10 times worse than we had it here in central Oklahoma.
1: You know and I want you to post those photos and you can go see them uh, on our Twitter page at Weather Podcast. But, Bonnie, the amount of ice that formed just to the northwest of Oklahoma City on Monday, and then once it finally blew through everything into Tuesday, um, I know you said it's the earliest you know major ice storm you guys have ever seen, but l- let's dive into the setup because I think that was important. Um we had talked about the cold air that was going to make its intrusion, you know, it had already blown its way through the Rockies into Denver. Denver had an early season snowstorm. Um, parts of northern Arizona were looking at snow. We talked even about Phoenix, Arizona, dropping into the mid to upper 60s in October, which, you know, climatologically, they're still in the upper 80s, maybe low 90s this time of year. So to dip down into the 60s is a shock to the system. And we said this thing was moving south and was going to move east. And the cold air really came rapidly in Sunday night after we finished taping. And, you know, get these little impulses of energy that are riding through the jet stream. And sure enough, ingredients come together. And you wake up Monday morning to thunderstorms. Not necessarily severe, but they were pretty close. And all of a sudden you start seeing reports of snow in the Panhandle, snow around Amarillo. Oh, we're starting to get some ice pellets. Oh, we're getting freezing rain just outside Oklahoma City. And at that point, you're like, okay, the ingredients are placed. The cold air is at the surface. We know there's a little bit of warm air somewhere in the mid-atmosphere, and then it's definitely really cold up above. Uh-huh. So so all of our ingredients were into – all the ingredients did fall into place. But um, for it to be taking place in the third week – You know, start of the fourth week of October. I I hate to say it, but that is so 2020.
0: It really, truly is. And I know that's becoming a cliche, but the things that have happened this year alone, it just seems crazy to all have happened in one year. But this was, Ogini said this was the second worst ice event Oklahoma's ever had. And the first one was several years ago. I think it's the 2007 ice storm they're referring to. But this, I mean, there's still people without power right now who lost power on Monday. Total, I think in Oklahoma, we had about 400,000 lose power and that could be completely off, but they are still restoring power to people right now. And we have got crews from Texas, Arkansas. I think I saw Kentucky and Louisiana all here trying to help Get power back for people. So it was just a, a historic event that I just can't even. And for it to be thundering and lightning through, basically the whole thing is crazy. And then Wednesday, when it started to warm up slightly, we had a thunderstorm come through, and they were like, Be prepared, you might get like some pea size and dime size hail. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, what, what are we doing? (laughs) What is this?
1: (laughs) Right. But again, it's, it's the atmosphere is primed.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so it's just crazy that there was some some of those ingredients there to give you the thunderstorm, which is the lifting that you need to start getting some thunderstorm action. But then the temperature is what caused it to come down in freezing rain slash sleet slash snow, which I don't even think we got any snow here in Oklahoma city. If we did, it was like, random flakes mixed in with some sleet. Cause we did get some sleet at some points, but yeah, it was, it was ice. 99% ice is what we got here.
1: I know that you had tweeted it out and tagged us and we retweeted it. The photos from our friends at the Oklahoma Mesonet were absolutely fantastic where they were looking at the ice accumulation built up on either fences or other out, things outside with uh, exposure to the elements Bonnie, looking at a two liter bottle, or not a two liter bottle, but a 20 ounce bottle of like water or soda or any of that stuff, and that's how thick the ice accumulation was, is absolutely mind blowing to me.
0: And so that kind of ice does damage to like power poles right. and transponders and all the you know, whatever those things Transformers, are. Transformers, but so transponders. That's work the too. issue now is it's like replacing those kind of things, not just stringing up a new wire. So yeah, that ice accumulation, and that was further west from me. But yeah, that was, I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even believe what I was looking at. And the amount of trees and tree limbs that are completely toppled over, split in half, toppled over all across central and western Oklahoma is crazy. I mean, half my tree, my backyard is on the ground.
1: Right. Let's talk about that. So, you know, you sent me this text when we were talking Tuesday and you're like, I just heard the most like horrifying sound I've ever heard. And I was like, what was it? You're like, well, the tree in my backyard split.
0: Yep. It. The sound is so eerie because it's quiet outside other than the sound of rain coming down. And I mean, I would stand at my back door and just listen and you would just hear like crinkly, crinkle, crack, and then bang. And that's just a branch breaking off, falling to the ground or falling, but getting stuck in the tree or whatever. But we had wind and that was the issue. It was light wind, but it was enough with heavy, heavy ice on everything for it to just break these branches off. And the amount of branches that were just laying on power lines, resting on power lines, weighing power lines down. I mean, I've just never seen anything like this. I was working from home this whole time and I my power kept flashing on and off, on and off. I didn't lose it fully, but I kept getting kicked out of what I was doing and having to log back in and blah, blah, blah. But I could barely focus on work because I of was course. trying to watch all this stuff happen just right outside my, my back window. You know, you- It was an exciting few days. I'll just say that. Yeah.
1: I, I want you to tell you I want you to tell uh, the listeners about your power line story with your neighbors in a second. But you did mention something that I have forgotten about. And we don't get a lot of ice like freezing rain events out here in the northwest. It's it's pretty borderline with us. I mean, if it's if it's a freezing rain event, it's either transition out of a big snow event, a big cold snap or kind of like this little in between thing where we might get a little warm air. In the middle of the atmosphere, then it's quickly gone. But the eeriness of listening to it rain, and you know that it's freezing rain, is very. What's the right word I want to find? I don't want to say eerie because it is eerie, but it's also very confusing Uh because you know it's raining outside. You can hear the water. You know the drops. You know, like in like if you just didn't listen to the rain. But you also know that as soon as the thing is hitting the ground or hitting anything it's freezing. And that point to me is very strange because you're like, okay, it's great that it's raining, but it's doing more damage because it is raining than not. So it, the, for me it's always been very weird because you know that you're below freezing. you know that it's rain and it's just it's not good. it isn't yeah not
0: good. you're like this is rain is a peaceful sound typically. yes. But not when you know the damage that it is causing or about to cause. Like a freezing rain is just really not a good form of rain. I mean, in the end, when it all melts and it's all in the ground, great. Now, you know, we've got several inches of water that we needed because we've been dry this entire month. Right. We didn't need to lose all of our trees, all of our power lines, whatever else. People have damage to their roofs from trees falling over. People have lost vehicles because trees have fallen on them. So, I mean, really, an ice storm can be devastating in a lot of ways that people don't really think about unless you've been in one or more than one as us here in Oklahoma have been in more than one.
1: (laughs) Right. And again, you guys are more prone to it than say I am up here in the Northwest, but you also mentioned the fact that this happened, you know, as trees still have their foliage, leaves are still very much intact and you know, the surface area of a leaf times multiple million leaves now all of a sudden become a serious risk. And the amount of ice that can coat a leaf. And again, if we're looking at, you know, gosh, um, you know, a tenth of an inch of ice that spread over. okay, it's going to do a little bit of damage, but it's not going to be a big deal. Right. But when you start getting up to a quarter inch of ice, Mm
0: -hmm. a half
1: inch, a full inch of ice, that's a lot of weight that these things are not designed to hold. That goes for for trees, power poles, you said power lines. Cable lines, any type of utility infrastructure that is in the elements, chances are it's not engineered to withstand the amount of weight that a half inch to an inch or two inches of ice will, you know, cause and put stress on because that's a lot of weight. Yes, I understand it's liquid, but that liquid in the frozen form weighs a lot. Go pick up a couple ice cubes. OK, it's not light. You know, there is some substance to it. And when you start now doing that over millions and, uh, and millions of square miles, you're going to understand all of a sudden, hey, guess what? There's a lot of weight here. No wonder we get you know power outages. No wonder we have you know 400,000 people without power at the height of this. No wonder we have to call in crews because there's really no way to mitigate it. It's not like a snowstorm where you can plow the roads and put down salt and everybody's going to be fine. You literally have to wait for the temperature to arise above freezing and honestly, it has to kind of go above freezing for a long time for all the ice to melt.
0: Yeah. And that was the issue. Wednesday, it did get above freezing, but it was like 33, 34. So it wasn't that much above freezing. So stuff was melting, but just slowly. Yep. But it was raining. And so that kind of helps a little bit too, you know, break it up and, you know, dig into the ice on the leaves and stuff like that. And by Wednesday afternoon, a lot of stuff had thawed. Thursday it got better, but it's just yeah, it's the amount of surface area on these trees that can hold ice. Like you said, all the leaves, all the little twigs attached to the leaves, all the little twigs attached to those twigs, to the branch, to the big branch, to the whole tree, whatever. My what I'm my metaphor would be holding a bag of groceries on your fingers, like with your elbow bent.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You can only
0: hold it that way for so long before your wrist bends back and then your elbow bends back. You know what I mean? Like you, you can only hold the weight like that before it just snaps and falls down. So it's the same with these branches and then you add the wind and that's a little extra pressure, a little extra yep. momentum on something that's already weak and barely hanging on.
1: You mentioned the sounds. And again, you know, the sound of freezing rain and listen to the rainfall No, it's freezing. There's the other sound of thawing. When, say, you have a tree that's covered in ice and all of a sudden it hits 34, 35, 36 degrees, you get a little bit of water in there and it starts to break off the ice. And when the ice starts to fall, it sounds like shards of glass breaking, like, especially if it's above pavement or a hard surface that, you know, the ice will bounce off of. It's a very weird but very cool sound as well. Yes,
0: and I've got several power lines that go over my backyard, but, like, the back of my backyard and that ice was letting go and falling and it was falling down in like three four five inch long like half tubes yep. if that makes sense and that kind of stuff that will hurt you too if you're walking under something that's like getting hit with like a hailstone so you know and it does you're right it sounds exactly like shards of glass and as it's falling and as it's falling through the trees and hitting other areas of ice it's the sounds that come with it are very eerie but very interesting at the same time i had a branch of a big weird bush tree thing that's like in between my neighbor's yard and mine and it was weighted down with ice and it was touching my roof and you should have heard the sound it made on my roof as the wind blew and the ice was scraping across shingles
1: oh i bet it was fantastic i really do i know it's bright eerie but i bet it was amazing
0: it was like a weird grinding like (sighs) sound and i was like good god like that is <laughs> freaking
1: me out <laughs> oh, so man. it's
0: just so it's it, it's just crazy the whole thing
1: it is crazy and you know wind is a very big component of this because you said you know the wind will catch that surface area and blow it around i remember mm-hmm. and i have a video of this gosh probably now from 10 if not 15 years ago uh we had a snow event here in the northwest that came on the heels of a very quick like freezing rain event. So the freezing rain was the transition in to the actual full event, and then we had some snow on top of that. And then there was forecast to be kind of a quick warm-up. Well, up in the Northwest, uh, and especially around here in Portland, all of our radio and TV transmitters are on tops of hills because that's what you want when you have an FM or TV signal. You want to be the highest point you can because then you'll have the reach um, especially if you're at, you know, full power um, with a transmitter. So a bunch of the transmitter sites around the around Portland are up in the West Hills uh, that kind of separate downtown Portland from the rest of the metro area. And so I was, you know, I worked as an engineer for a radio station for a long time. So I knew where these at. And so I knew that, okay, if we get a little bit of warm air in, that a lot of the stuff will start falling off the transmitters. And, you know, you've seen like, you know, Videos of like pieces of snow falling. You know, you'll have ice guards on towers because um, you'll get a chunk of ice that falls off, and all of a sudden, boom! There goes your fifteen million dollar transmitter, and or boom! There goes your five million dollar microwave relay. And so they put these ice guards up. So I'm up doing some work on one of the on one of our towers, and you know, I know it's snowing. I know that's a little. It's starting to get a little bit warmer. And all of a sudden all the stuff's happening well we start getting these snow bombs falling off of the lines so the uh, support cables are covered in ice and snow and now that's starting to warm up a little bit it melts a little bit heavy weight falls off we're now looking at chunks of like two feet of ice and snow falling straight to the ground wow and these things hit and they splatter So i'm gonna have to try and find the video i know i have it somewhere i think it's on my, U, my personal YouTube page, but I'll see if I can find it and put it on Twitter. But it is fantastic. You'll see these snow, you know, I call them snow bombs. They come down, they smash on the ground, they explode. But uh, that type of stuff is dangerous. And, you know, it all takes a little bit of gust of wind and a couple degrees warmer temperature, and all of a sudden, ice is starting to thaw quickly. And, you know, power lines have been sagging. Branches have been sagging for days. All of a sudden, all that weight gets released, and those things snap back to what, you know, their normal design is or what they're, you know, I, I don't want to say muscle memory, but you know, it's what it is, right? Um, it's what they're used to. And when that stuff snaps back, that's where you get, again, more power outages, you get trees that are, you know, breaking off even on the thaw because all this weight is being lifted. And again, that's another reaction to the ice and boom, Trees will bend, trees will break, trees snap, power lines bend, snap, break, all of these things. So, you know, it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't with an ice storm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that was the deal with my tree is the branches just got heavier and heavier and lower and lower and lower to the ground. And at one point, one of these branches was probably six inches off the ground. And then that's when I heard crash crash crack bang and half my tree just split and fell right and i was like well there it goes and i knew it i knew it was coming like i said that branch was like six feet six inches off the ground or whatever and i was like yeah that's it's gonna snap and it just ripped right in half
1: <laughs> it does happen it does absolutely yeah. happen Uh and i will say this there is no prettier sight than a like an ice storm i love looking like you know and you see it. Uh, especially from the pictures of Oklahoma, right, where you look down the lane of a of a street and all these trees are bent over with massive amounts of ice on it and power lines, but it's it's a beautiful sight. And I know people are like, well, what do you mean? Just the nature's beauty of it is very pretty. So yeah,
0: well, and a lot of people still had like flowers in their flower bed right. that were now completely coated in ice, and they just looked like like glass flowers. And it, it looks really pretty. I mean, obviously, it's damaging. There were several pictures of bees frozen on flowers, oh, wow. spiders frozen and coated in ice. Like, there were several pictures like that. And I was like, geez, like, that's how fast it was coming down and freezing that these bugs got stuck and then coated in ice.
1: Oh, that is not good. Right? Right. Well, Especially for...
0: the bee. We need the bees. Yeah, we
1: need the bees. Spiders, not, not so much. But bees, yeah. Hopefully, the bees is going to be okay.
0: I would think I mean Walt Disney's frozen we can bring him back so that bee's probably back <laughs> oh
1: fair, enough. fair <laughs> enough by the way I've never I've never been to Disneyland and one of my close friends is a travel agent and she's like we're going to Disneyland next year I'm like I'm down you name it I'm there
0: right there's a lot of stuff I want to do there's like these cruises along the Great Lakes that I really want to do
1: Ooh, that'd be fun yeah like you should look it up they're amazing
0: but yeah disneyland definitely do it and get me a souvenir
1: all right well no doubt about that that's absolutely that is a given absolutely (laughs) all right so we go from ice storms to guess what the tropics are still busy and (laughs) do you want my weather fool story yes yes i do yes let's go into that because this is just too good this is just too good
0: so behind my house is like a Drainage ditch creek thing. So there's a little bit of distance between me and neighbors behind me. And a couple of houses down behind me, there's power lines that go across this creek. And there's two that go over this guy's yard. And I can see them from my window shaking pretty hard. And I'm like, what the heck? I thought maybe a branch fell and knocked them and they were just shaking. And I go out there and I see this guy like come around the corner of his like big trampoline thing. And he's got his metal shovel, metal end up. Hitting the power lines, trying to break the ice off of them. Two things. One, the ice was not breaking. And two, why would you use a metal object on a power line?
1: Well, I think you need to put the caveat on that. Your power was still on at this point.
0: Right. And I get like you're trying to prevent it from going off. But. You don't even know if those are power lines. I have two lines that come to my house from the power pole, and neither one of them are electricity, I don't think. I think that they're like cable internet lines. So you really don't even know, but it doesn't even matter. Like, you don't touch them because you don't know what could happen. And you have power, and you hitting them could cause you to break a line, and then you won't have power, and you might electrocute yourself. And you're by a trampoline. So if one did break and fall onto a metal frame trampoline, and you've got your metal shovel, like how... You think you're going to come out of this? So I yelled at the guy from a few houses down. I was like, okay, bro, like, you need to stop. You're going to hurt yourself. And he just kind of looked at me and I was like, okay, well, I've got my phone on standby to call 911 for when you electrocute yourself. Yeah, and right. he put his shovel down and walked inside.
1: Well, see, look at you. Not only are we weather ready nation ambassadors, you're just the, you know, the neighborhood safety committee. So that is a good thing.
0: I mean, I tried to be like sort of nice, but I was just like, are you really like that dumb?
1: Yeah, literally. And again, I we get the premise, right? We want to keep power on. If you're going to lose power, chances are it's not going to be directly out at your house where the line you know breaks off the pole. If you're going to lose power, it's going to be coming from a transformer that blows or it's coming from somewhere else. Either they have to shut down the substation or any number of factors. It's very rare that you lose power directly at your house because of a line.
0: Right. like. And that's the thing. There's a lot of people complaining who still don't have power. And I'm like, don't complain about something that you really don't know anything about. You have no idea what it takes to get electricity from the main power station to everyone's individual house. So that's the deal. We don't know what lines out here are carrying what to what house or what area. So it's like, just don't fuck with it.
1: There is a great YouTube series. And again, not even... Not even related to our show, but it's one that I watch. It's called, um, I believe it's called Better Engineering. A guy named Grady hosts the series, and you can find it on YouTube. It's fantastic. Where he talks about just everything within the infrastructure world, how it relates to engineering. He talks about power grids and how we get power from generation stations all the way to our house. And it's very fascinating to watch because you quickly understand that, you know what? It's not an easy task. It is a very complicated task. So you going out with your shovel and knocking ice off of a line, not only is hampering the overall effect of everything, but you're putting yourself in such danger. It's not worth it.
0: There were so many pictures of power lines that were falling or had branches laying on them that were sparking or on fire. And it's like, you just don't know how these lines are going to react. So don't touch them.
1: It is true. Uh, The house that I used to live in, The house that I just moved from about almost a year ago now, Um, about 250 yards from my front door was like a little nature area, but the nature area was directly below high voltage transmission lines in the Pacific Northwest. We have a lot of dams that generate power for Oregon, California, Washington, Idaho, Montana, you name it; it is what they do. So. These high voltage transmission lines you know are relatively safe. They're high off the ground. They're on these giant power uh, towers. But every time it would rain or snow, you would hear the snowflakes hit these lines and it would make this eerie sound.
0: The buzzing?
1: Yes, yes, and it's you, a creepy sound. It's <laughs> a very creepy sound. and you get that during ice storms. you get that during snowstorms where power lines are down. Or, you know, power lines are being stressed where they're, you know, pulling the connection at the transformer because that is the stuff that does lend to danger. And that is where people can get hurt. There's a reason why we're taught from a very young age. If you see a power line down, assume it's live. Do not touch it.
0: Or anything that it's touching or step in exactly. the water that it might be. Exactly. In because it's electricity. If you don't know enough about it.
1: It's going to hurt you so just don't mess with it. It is. There is a um last year when I was working at a place of employment I won't give the name. Uh we used manual conveyor belts moving things around. And we plugged one in and you know following the protocol cool. Well, somebody moved it and this thing ran over its power cable <laughs> and arc welded to the dock plate. We had three people standing on the dock plate at the same time. Thankfully, they were in rubber shoes, and so nothing happened. But, yeah, to watch this thing arc off of this and, you know, basically leave a burnt trail where the path of resistance followed until it grounded itself out, man, it it was quite scary. Absolutely quite scary. So, yeah, electricity, just don't mess with it. And, again, this goes from everything from lightning on down. If you don't know what you're doing, do not do it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, if OG&E is struggling to get power back on, then you random dude who has knows nothing about power lines or electricity, you probably just shouldn't mess with it.
1: Agreed. 100%. You just don't want to mess. <laughs> and that goes for even basic house rewiring, right?
0: yes i I, I don't care if you don't if you don't have any know-how like don't try to replace an outlet or a light switch or whatever because you can really hurt yourself
1: like i will do anything with plumbing all day long i will do anything with you know i'll change a light bulb great i'll vacuum i'll do dishes anytime anybody asks me to do anything electrical i'm like not a chance
0: no because you just don't know and even if you you know flip the breaker and turn yeah. the power off to whatever section of the house it's still scary.
1: Yep, I ain't I ain't touching it. I ain't nope. touching it. I will call an electrician all day every day. Just I it's, it's better safe
0: than sorry. Absolutely.
1: And you know if I'm it's going to cost me a couple of bucks, well, you know what? I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, because
0: dying and or serious damage that puts you in the hospital is not cheap. So. No,
1: no. And listen, it's bad enough when you, you know, test a nine volt battery on your tongue. Okay, That's about as far as I'm going to go with any type of electricity. And even then, that I freaks will me out.
0: only go as far as static electricity because even that
1: I don't like. Like I'll watch lightning all day long. Great. But I'm staying in a car
0: yeah like i'm staying inside i'm not gonna go stand outside and look at it and hold my metal shovel up in the ground right and that's the other thing is it was still like sporadically lightning (laughs) and thundering and that kind of thing so it's like what are you doing i should have taken video you
1: should have you really should have um but but your neighbor seems just like a a very smart guy
0: yeah yeah brilliant we have a very lot of geniuses living around here
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right well Speaking of geniuses, uh, let's talk about forecast misses because what we saw with Hurricane Zeta uh, is going to go down as a forecast miss. And I'm not saying that negatively or positively, but what we saw with that storm um, continues to kind of defy logic because we expected Hurricane Zeta to come ashore as a cat one, you know, maybe a strong cat one. Okay, great. Bonnie. Bonnie. Zeta came ashore basically as a borderline major hurricane.
0: Yeah, it it did what Laura did. It came in at 1 mile per hour short of the next category. Yep,
1: it did. Uh so Zeta came ashore in Louisiana, what fifth storm to hit the state this year? Fifth or sixth? I yeah, thought it was sixth. It is, yeah, sixth it is. And then I want to see 11th or 13th that impacted the US. I have to go back oh. and look. But Zeta not only <laughs> intensified but did it in cooler than optimal waters and did it basically close to shore where, yeah. you know, the water temperatures were actually colder. So, uh, you know, poor Louisiana. These guys have been hit all year long. And to basically have it was a very strong cat, two, And then we said borderline, you know, cat three and some of the wind gusts verified that very quickly. Uh, Doppler radar did such a great job with one, staying online, but two, you know, tracking the winds. And you saw a very, very strong wind field, not just hurricane force, but tropical storm force over lots of Louisiana. Uh, The videos from New Orleans, which took a direct hit uh, from the eye of the hurricane, fantastic media coverage. A lot of the people there were just like, man, this is so fantastic. So fantastic Uh, from a media standpoint. Watching, you know the TV guys like, "Oh my gosh, we're in the eye of Zeta, and it's dead calm down here on Beale Street." Well, not Beale Street, because that's Memphis, but um, Bourbon Bourbon Street. Thank you, but it just absolutely fantastic, and it was great. It was cool to see. But again, you're just like, okay, we blew the forecast. The strength intensity was off, but I also think a lot of the forward momentum. And that energy that was going to kind of grab it and couple it probably helped to develop it a little bit.
0: Yeah. And I know that there's so many people without power and possibly underwater at this point as well. But yeah, the, like you said, the wind field was crazy and people through Alabama and Georgia are without power and have damage. People up in North Carolina have power outage problems from Zeta. Like, The storm was no joke, and it happened at the end of October, like, mind blown. 2020 is all I can say.
1: Absolutely. We go back, and we're going to look at this hurricane season, and, you know, the experts will study it for a long time and kind of see if they can find a correlation between that and anything that we've missed maybe on the forecast side or condition side. But Zeta, Laura, you know, even Matthew and Michael the last couple years Storms intensifying really quick as we get toward landfall. That's a scary thought.
0: Yeah. And like, what is causing that? Like, that's definitely something to look into. Like what, what gives it that fuel right there, right before it makes landfall.
1: It is. It's fascinating to think about. It's fascinating to watch and look at. But, you know, we got now officially what one month left of hurricane season it's the tropics are are, are active <laughs> um you know the national hurricane center is watching an area for development down uh in the caribbean ocean now thankfully this is forecast to go into if a storm does form it will go into guatemala and you know have a relatively short life as it's very very uh mountainous and you know hilly terrain in guatemala so that is a good thing but Bonnie, the season's not over. We got a month to go. We got like six or f- uh, it's five or 6% of the season left. But the way 2020 is gone, it would not surprise me if we got one or two more storms.
0: Yeah, or or more than that. Like, I yes. just, it, it doesn't seem to be, I mean, I guess it's kind of slowed down, but we're consistently getting one. And as soon as one's done, there's another area forming. As soon as that one's done, there's another area forming. So I, at this point, I don't really see like an end. Because it's, it's 2020, like we've said. Right. And I, I saw this funny thing um, on Facebook that said, look, before I agree to 2021, I'm going to need to see the terms and conditions.
1: Oh, absolutely. 100%. And I, I also love the meme, you know, 1159 p.m. December 31st, midnight. You know, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, well, this is cool. Right. Just because <laughs> like- just, just the year's changing doesn't mean that necessarily it's dramatically going to get better. Just like it's not going to get dramatically better on Tuesday night. When the election ends, um, you know, guess what? COVID is still going to be around no matter who uh, ends up winning the the race for the White House. But with that said, we just need to be vigilant. So um, pulling up one more 2020
0: yeah. thing I just want to point out yeah. is R.I.P. Sean Connery.
1: Oh, my gosh. I woke up this morning early to that news and I was absolutely devastated.
0: I saw your tweet is the first one I saw. And I was like, no way. This is not. So I'm like scrolling. I'm like, hashtag 007, hashtag Sean Connery. Like, where, like, is this real life? Yeah. And I'm like, so we've lost Black Panther. We've lost Sean Connery. Like, okay, 2020, like, we get it. You're testing us. Like, let it go.
1: (laughs) It is. It is very, it is unfortunate. And, you know, if anybody's a Bond fan, you understand that Sean Connery. By the way, reading through some of the pieces about his career, talk about a guy that fell into it totally by random luck.
0: Yeah, like they had to like hound him to be 007. Yeah. Is what I read. Yeah, and then he, once he did it, boom, his career just blew wide open. Yep. And I love him.
1: Oh, he's fantastic. And, you know, I know that he's, you know, made fun of a lot, like, especially in Saturday Night Live. And, you know, that's fantastic. But Sean Connery is just a, you know, he's, he's an acting icon. Yes, a hundred percent. You know, he was very he was very political in his stances about freeing Scotland as no longer an active part of Great Britain. So I did not know about that, but you know, it's still uh, he was still knighted by the Queen of England for the roles of James Bond and you know playing such a great character. Um, piece of trivia: I believe he's the only Bond actor that is starring as James Bond in an unofficial Bond film. So there's that. Uh, and then he reprised his roles a, a couple times where, you know, they'd have another actor come in and play it. And then also, no, no, we're going to bring Sean back. So that is uh it's very interesting, but you know, again, rest in peace, Sean Connery, you will be missed. I'm going to have to try and find a James Bond collection somewhere in the next couple of days to watch a couple of films because uh, I will miss him.
0: Yeah. I'm going to pop in hunt for red October because I oh, loved great, him in that movie.
1: Great movie.
0: Such a good movie. And You know, I don't know. The hits just keep on coming. 2020 is the gift that keeps on giving,
1: apparently. That is true. Uh, Speaking of Hunt for Red October, the submarine they use in the Hunt for Red October is the USS Blueback, which is currently, uh, actually not currently, but is permanently uh, docked in Portland. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, so at the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry, you can take the U.S. Blueback tour, and they mention oh. some of the stuff about, you know, using the submarine to film the videos and all that stuff, so. That's cool. I want
0: to come take a tour of that. Which one? The one, the nuclear sub?
1: So the Blueback, the, the one The that, Russian sub? No, or? the U.S. one. The one that they show the video of it breaching, where it comes up out of the water looking like a whale. Yeah, yeah. So, yep, the U.S. sub, so. Yep, the USS wow. Blueback is, uh, is stationed here permanently here in Portland at the OMSI dock.
0: I think submarines are so fascinating, but they also scare the absolute hell out of me. I yep. would never get in one and go underneath the water in it. I couldn't. I couldn't. I would freak out.
1: <laughs> Speaking of YouTube series, um, there's a guy down in Alabama, and the channel is called Smarter Every Day. Bonnie, you need to start watching these videos. This guy is awesome. He would totally be one of those people we'd put on this podcast because he's just a—he's a huge science nerd and a science geek, and I love him for it. But he got to go do research uh, as part of this group, and this ties into weather uh, down in the Antarctic. And they do these things with the U.S. military where they have, you know, like a military base set up, and they're doing research on ice and all this stuff. Well, part of this study is they are in a submarine trying to use sonar and find ways to be able to communicate with satellites and other Navy vessels while under the ice. And so he got to go down and take part of it. It was in the submarine for a couple days and it was really fascinating to watch. With that said, part of the, the thing is he got to crawl into a torpedo tube. Oh, my God. And go all the way down and then sign his name on the door. And he goes, I can't believe how cold it is. And like, well, obviously you're in the Antarctic and that's why, you know, there's <laughs> it's cold outside the tube. And the permanent marker wouldn't like actually stay on the tube because if it was in warmer waters, it would be totally be fine. But listen, I have a conf- I have a very real fear of confined spaces. Yes. I like legitimately freak out when I have to have an MRI to the point where they just put a washcloth over my eyes and I'm fine. But there's no way in the world that I would ever go into a torpedo tube.
0: No, me either. Not that. Not the sub. Not nothing. I could not even. There's no way. Like could, it's not going to happen. So I don't could even do. Ask.
1: I could do the sub, knowing that I would be out in a day or two.
0: I could do the sub if it's like like docked, right? Like up half above the water, whatever. But like I could not be in one, and then like okay, we're diving to 700 feet or whatever.
1: Yeah. No. No, that that's that's a special kind of sailor. A friend of mine was a naval dive officer stationed above a uh, stationed aboard a submarine. No, thanks. Like if if I'm going to have to go to the military, I'm going to the Navy. But you ain't putting me in a sub. Put me on a boat, put me on an aircraft carrier. I'll fly, do something, but I'm not going in a submarine.
0: To me, people who get in a submarine are like astronauts, too. Like, they, yes. an astronaut's in a confined space, in space, and it's, like, kind of the same thing. Like, I don't want to offend anybody. Like, I don't want an astronaut to be like, it is not the same, but I just,
1: no, it you is. know what I mean? You're, no, like you're, you're in a confined
0: space, and you can't just go outside your vessel.
1: <laughs> exactly. And again, you go back, you watch a movie like Apollo 13, or you watch, you know, other movies. Outside of the space shuttle and the space station, you don't got a whole lot of room, folks. Yeah, it's barely enough vehicle to transport you and some, you know, supplies, and that's it. It's not meant to be a large area. It's meant to be a, you know, very efficient, very like
0: light object, so they don't have to have a lot of fuel and whatever. And space travel is a whole other ball game that I'm not smart enough to wrap my head around.
1: Right, And, and you know, you want to talk about people who are brave and heroic? Yeah. See examples 1A, 1B, 1C. Submariners, uh, astronauts, people that fly in vessels that are full of confined spaces. Listen, a lot of people freak out when we have to stay home, right? Stay at home orders in, say, a 4,000-square-foot house, a 2,000-square-foot house, a 1,500-square-foot house. Guys, you want to know how big a capsule is above on board an Apollo rocket? Like maybe less than 100 square feet.
0: Exactly. And, and, and nothing to do. No. You know what I mean? Like not Netflix and not like you're just floating around making sure that you and your crew live.
1: Literally. <laughs> you're following a checklist constantly and you have people talking to you and that's pretty much it. It's you in a very, very vast area.
0: Yes. And, you know, I think it would be cool to see space like live. Right. But I just it would freak me out like it's the same kind of freak out like you said, the confined space. But the big open space of space is also freaky in sure. in the same type of way for some reason.
1: Well, go okay. You know? ne- next time it's next time you have a clear night. OK, and you can see all the stars up above. Think for a second that literally nothing is holding you to the earth but gravity and you could literally float straight out
0: yeah
1: okay wrap your mind around that that okay it's easier to you know to definitely do that at night during the day not so much you know you're thinking about buildings and trees and all this other stuff but imagining gravity just leaving for a second
0: i can't i can't deal with that and have you watched the movie gravity oh yeah oh yeah oh just the fact that like if you start floating and you have nothing to grab onto you aren't going to stop
1: yep exactly Exactly.
0: And if it was me, I feel like I would start trying to swim. Like I would start like, oh, yeah. kicking my legs and like, you know, butterflying it, you know, like trying to swim back to wherever and it doesn't work that way. And that's just so scary. And that's why they have the little little pills that they can take. And that's, it's too much. I'm, I'm not brave.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you would be if it was, if it was your mindset to do so. Right. But you know, there are times where you're just like, nah, I'm good. I'm totally good. I understand the science of it, and I'm totally fine. I don't need to explore. I don't need to do anything else. This is not me. I respect. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Hands down. Hands down. Those who
0: do it, you're very impressive and brave, but I can't do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just not me. Sorry, boo. Not me. So, again, we, you know, I just pulled up the National Hurricane Center site. The area that they are looking, as we said, is forecasted to go toward Guatemala. It already looks textbook in the fact that, you know, the outflow is there everything looks really good uh it's just a matter of time before it actually forms and gets named uh it's going to 100% form within you know 5 days so
0: i saw somebody post a cheesy joke on twitter that said what's the eta on
1: on ada <laughs> uh pretty much today <laughs> so it will it will be arriving today
0: so there's a lot of those jokes to come which is going to be great but Remember at the end of last year when we were like, oh my gosh, the amount of like 2020 type vision jokes that are going to happen this whole year is going to be insane. And literally that's not happened at all. No, The joke is now this is so 2020 because of (laughs) catastrophe after catastrophe. Like just – what a year. This is a year for the books.
1: Oh, it totally is. It totally is. Across the board. Across the board. Um,
0: exactly. In every aspect of life, we have been tried.
1: <laughs> we are taping this on Halloween, October 31st. Yes. Today is the s- Yep, yeah, full, second full moon. So this is a blue moon. So two full moons in a month. So I saw yesterday, it's like, leave it to, you know, 2020 for Halloween a full moon, a blue moon, and all the stuff to line up on the exact same day. He goes, if that's not 2020, I don't know what is.
0: It makes me think of, you know, like in Hercules, when all the planets aligned and released the Titans. Yep. Like, is that going to happen? It could. <laughs> it very well I could. I feel like well, this is just what's next. You know what I mean? Right. But it's also fallback, by the way, tonight.
1: Yes, it is. So folks that are not in Arizona or is it Indiana are the two states that don't. Um, yeah. Make sure you set your clocks back an hour, which is nice. Which is There's,
0: nice. Fall back is always great.
1: Right. Spring forward, not so much.
0: No, we don't like to spring forward nothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you really don't. You just don't. No. It's not good. But not um, good. I highly doubt we will ever get away from the time change. I know it's always a big argument every year, twice a year. You know, people are just like, oh, so dumb, so dumb, so dumb, so dumb. Well, yeah, it might be, but you know what? Deal with it.
0: Well, and the deal is right now there's bigger fish to fry than changing the time zone yes, issue or the time change issue, but that could happen, but could I don't happen. think it would happen in our lifetime.
1: Let me ask you this. Have you voted yet? No. Okay. Do you guys do mail-in ballots in Oklahoma?
0: Yeah, I'm trying to, to like register for them and get them, and I miss it's early voting these last few days, and but I'm just going to go Tuesday morning.
1: Gotcha. Well, that's smart. I voted. I turned in my ballot yesterday into the Dropbox. Um, I'll be working for my county elections office on Tuesday, so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, I did post some general guidelines for those of us in Oregon. Number five was my favorite. Um, there are people in high visibility vests. That will be out there to help you, like deal if you're turning your ballot. However, we are not worth 5, 10, or fifty points if you hit with your car. So please don't, <laughs> because I can't begin to tell you how often like close calls happen. So
0: that's ridiculous. It is, especially ridiculous. if you're in like the big flashy vest. Like, how could you miss it?
1: Oh, you'd be very surprised. You would be very, very surprised. So <laughs> it is. You a know, rush.
0: I think that. This week is going to be an entertaining, kind of stressful, intense week.
1: I do, too. I really do, too. Um, I don't expect Tuesday night to have a clear shot or a clear idea of who has won. No, I don't either. Um, I think we'll probably know by Thursday. But yeah, let's, let's see what happens because it's going to be an interesting ride. But, hey, you know what? It's 2020. Anything can happen.
0: Exactly. That's why I say it's going to be a very entertaining, stressful week, because it's 2020. So I just, and the thing is, like, earlier in the year, when we were making the it's 2020 jokes, it was just a joke, but I am very mind blown by the things that have happened and records that have broken and events that have happened in this one year in this 10 months of this year, you know, here. So it's, it's not even really a joke. It's really like, what, what has aligned to make all of this happen in the same year?
1: It is, it is something to, you know, it is one for the record books and we're not talking about just weather, but everything, I mean, economy, um, job loss and creation, GDP loss and creation, um, Civil unrest, pandemic, anything,
0: (laughs) all of it has just, it's just so many major things have happened. It's an election year also, which is that by itself in a year is a very like intense year, you know, when it's just an election by itself, but add all of this on top of that. And it's just very crazy that it's all in the same year. And I'm, I'm kind of at a loss.
1: (laughs) No, I'm right there with you. I will say this though. We're still here, yeah. and as we have said on the show, we are very resilient. That has not changed, and yes, a lot of things are still way, way up in the air, a lot of unanswered questions, but you know what? We've gone through it, I think, as best as we possibly have been able to. Obviously, we would like to see the amount of deaths way, way down, and that's something that will you know, need to be examined uh, for a long time to come. But with that said, I think we're in a pretty good place, all things considered.
0: Yeah. And one thing to always remember is that we are all going through all of this together. Exactly. So I wish that that would bring us more together, but it's very much a divided country right now,
1: unfortunately. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's going to be that way for a while, but hey, Mm -hmm. you know what? America, we're still a baby nation compared to some of the others. You know, we're going to celebrate what? Our... Three hundred. Uh, let me do the math here. In six years, will be two hundred fifty years. Okay. Wow. In the overall scope of things, that's relatively Not young. Not very much. No. So, um, I wish I could find the quote, and it's killing me. I know where it is in reference to a musical where they used it, but I want to actually get the full quote. It's saying we are younger, more hungry, more diverse. Uh, less civil and something type of country. And it's like, that's what they wanted. That's what our founding fathers kind of wanted. They didn't want everything to be so uniform and together and all this stuff. They wanted people to be able to debate and, you know, come up with different things. So, but, you know, hey, that's what it is. So,
0: <laughs> we'll see. I think that this, you know, Tuesday is going to be a, a big turning point. It's going to. You know, it's going to shed some light on what the next several years have in store for us. So, I mean, it's this is a very historic time for our country. (laughs)
1: It is. So let's uh, sit back and watch it happen. But um, Zeta, again, thoughts, prayers going out to those in Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, North and South Carolina, parts of Virginia. Uh, What Zeta did moving as fast as it did was actually really fascinating to watch. Yes,
0: it, it kind of it feels like it came and went and, and it left did. a very serious path of destruction. But, yeah, I agree. It did go very fast.
1: One thing I will want to go back and look at at some point is how the storm structure changed because they said it was going to be moving so fast that it literally did not have enough time to basically um, downgrade. Like, we knew it went from a hurricane to a tropical storm and then, you know, tropical depression. But normally it would do that within the span of, you know, say 12 hours over a relatively short, you know, distance. But because this thing had so much forward momentum and had gotten picked up so quickly, you know, it did lots of damage to parts of Atlanta. It did lots of damage in South Carolina and North Carolina. And it still had a lot of its tropical characteristics. The wind field was still very large still had areas of rotation with it. So it was kind of, you know, it's it was a textbook storm in some facets, but also very non-textbook in a lot of others. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I think that it interacted with the storm system that gave us our ice storm, and that helped shove it to the east yep. quickly. Um, one thing I am quite certain of is all of these power companies and linemen that are here helping us, Will probably be headed towards the Gulf Coast when they're done here.
1: No, I no doubt about it. Absolutely no doubt about it. Uh, they'll need it, and I know that yeah. you know. Power is still, you know, in fluctuation down there, but they will hopefully have that back. Hopefully, you guys will have most of your power back on as we go forward. But talk about an interesting weather week, you know, one for the record books, finally across the board. It's something interesting to talk about. So I don't know what next week's going to bring. So, I guess we (laughs) did.
0: And when we say interesting, not just like, oh, hey, some thunderstorms popped up. Like, no, like a cat three basically hit the Gulf Coast and there was a major ice storm at the same time. So, it's just nothing is subtle.
1: It is. (laughs) That's so true. Nothing is subtle.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, that's fine. We're on our toes. So, bring it on.
1: (laughs) I cannot wait. Well, another fantastic edition of B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon.
0: And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma.
1: And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.